Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I've tried everything, and I just couldn't keep those extra 200 pounds off. It started to affect my marriage. She was too big for me. Then I'll sleep with anything. The abdominatrix, the thiazide, the tummy stapling. I've had my mouth sewn up, my hands chopped off. You name it, I've tried it. Yeah, except for exercising and eating right, Porky. That's right, honey. Then I found the Dormitron. Using a new technology called Biorhythmic Subconscious Gymnastics, the Dormitron exercises you while you sleep. Just strap in your arms and legs, put on the Dormitron headset, then wrap yourself in the special high-voltage electric blanket. Turn it on to 11 and burn those pounds away while you have a relaxing night's sleep. Now that I've lost 280 pounds, my husband's all mine again. That's right, honey. No more escort services for me. Don't be fat a day longer than you have to. Remember, being fat can even ruin a romantic cruise. Call Dormatron now at 1-800-SLEEP-OFF-LARD or visit www.sleepofflard.com and sleep your way to a thinner, happier you. Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. It's episode 349, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and a pump for the show as I always am, because with me, as always am, it's the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beastmaster, Third Shift. It's Eric, and he's here to tell us how his week is while I eat my dinner. Because if you didn't know, Eric gets home, you know, he takes like eight hours off of work. He goes, hey, hey, man, I'm ready to go like at noon. Uh, as soon as you get home, you better get on. I'll go be real mad if you don't. So I don't even have a chance to eat dinner. So what he tells you, all this boring stuff that goes crickets, crickets, crickets. That's an inside joke to what we're talking about before the show. I'm going to eat my dinner, so enjoy. Hey, Eric, what'd you do this week? Well, everybody out there, let me tell you what I did this week. I've been dealing with uh, insurance. I've been dealing with uh, extended warranties and uh, dealerships who don't want to fix my stuff. All right, just a hint out there for any younger listeners. Hell, if you're even our age, never get extended warranties, all right? The first thing the extended warranty is going to do is try not to fix your stuff, all right? That's the very first thing. That is their primary objective. So when you're out there asking and wanting to get yourself a wonderful extended warranty, don't do it. Say, no thanks. I'm fine with whatever coverage I have at the moment. And then, of course, get full coverage with your insurance company and go from there. All right? Just just a pointer for everybody. Save your money. You'll, uh, you'll be better off for it. Now, with that out of the way, I, of course... Hung out with the family, did some soccer with the girls. They lost their games, unfortunately, but I see improvement in the oldest daughter's, you know, play. She's actually starting to pass that ball to other players, be cognizant of what's going on. So it's really nice to see that, you know, to see her actually understand what a sport is and and actually partake in the correct way instead of just be a mindless child who chases the ball one end to the other, trying to score a goal, and there's nothing really to it. So it's cool to see it change from that to actually, hey, we're we're playing a part in a, in a zone. It is awesome. And then on the video game front, first off, Matt, I played the Layers of Fear demo. I didn't know it was coming out. I didn't know, you know, I'd heard about it back in the day, but didn't really pay too much attention to it. Of course, yep, demo just hit on Steam, so I had to download it, popped it in, got it up. It's running on Unreal Engine 5, so of course this thing's looking really good. And it's spooky. It's it's strange, and all stuff. You know, the the world keeps moving every time you go like in another room. It gives you that disorienting feeling. I was totally digging it and having a good time with it. These types of games, I've always thought were a little clunky because you kind of like stiffly move and and then look around. 
but I still really appreciate them because it's kind of the closest you get to like the Shadowgate stuff of old and the uh, Uninviteds and the stuff I always quack on about how I loved and wish they'd do another you know game in that genre. I feel like this is as close as it's going to get anymore. I don't feel like we'll ever get like an actual point and click old school adventure like that. But this one it at least satiates you know the appetite. But I don't know. You know, it's a little scary, a little spooky. I love scary, spooky stuff, but I don't like it when it's like banana land. You know what I mean? And uh, so we'll, we'll get a little bit deeper into the demo. I didn't get all the way through it, but I got a good chunk of the way through it. Had a good time with it. I'll probably finish it up this weekend, and I'll let you guys all know what I think. You know, as a whole, with it all said and done. And uh, from there, I played some Wild Hearts with Shay. Let me tell you, the game's a ton of fun. We got through the next section of bosses that you needed to get to to where it's like, hey, here's the main story. Here's these two big old kimonos. They're they're jacking things up. They're coming from God knows where to ruin our life and, and screw the whole pooch. And unfortunately, every time this happens, you hit like a brick wall where it goes, boom, now we're on this whole next level of difficultiness. And you got to, you know, go back, farm a bunch of baddies, figure out what it's weak to, you know, what, what you can get your weapon-wise changed to and adjust. It's awesome, but it's also very frustrating because it kind of stops you in your tracks. But either way, having a good time there in the Wild Hearts. Can't wait to get through these next two bosses. We actually already did one of them, but we got one more to go, and I think we're probably going to do that tonight, tomorrow night, who knows, but coming up soon, and then we get to the final chapter, and then, of course, we got all of Endgame to go. You know, they got the whole platinum kimonos that you got to be, and then they just released, like, this super super rare sap scourge that's going to give you even more bad mamba jamba armor so we're stoked to get through it can't wait to play it having a wonderful time if you haven't checked it out and you like monster hunter once again wild hearts might be something you want to peek at and the last and only other game i've played matt is star wars survivor well it's star wars jedi fallen you know survivor whatever you know what i'm talking about i got to a spot where there was a side quest a rumor and i was like all right shay we'll go do our game and I went in this place, I didn't know what it was, it was just a rumor, you know, another side quest. A boss, a boss, a boss, a boss. And then, mind you, they weren't hard bosses, but they were like little mini bosses. So I went through like, I think it's four of them maybe, somewhere in that range. Plus a, plus a fifth kind of boss that, you know, you had to fight before you could actually fight the other boss. So like five bosses in total. Really fun, really cool, made you think, you know, how to traverse the area to get to the next spot to then pick up this thing that you had to do to release the thing, but you didn't have to. If you actually didn't do this but got all the way to the end, then you had to fight them all at once. But I just fought them as I went down because I had already known that if I take this certain item and do a thing, I could fight them one at a time. And it was really cool, really fun. Unfortunately, of course, I was trying to get on the Wild Hearts at the time, so I'm over here just talking with Shay, just playing through, you know, Ah, uh, I think it'll be. I think we'll be done soon. No, oh, another boss. Oh god, oh god. And of course, if you don't know, you get stim packs in in Survivor, and that's kind of like your health. Every you know, every time you need it, BD one will shoot you one. Pop, your health bar comes back up. Once they run out, that's it. Capiche? You're gonna die when you get hit, and you can die before then if you don't actually you know get your BD you know your stim pack. But I was zero stims, like eleven percent health when I went to up against the last mini boss. And I'm over here like, if I die and have to do this again, I swear to God, I beat it. I got it. I smoked that dude. Didn't stand a chance. It was a glorious time. Had fun. Got out of there. And I had like six skill points to assign because of, you know, how many mini bosses I fought and everything else. Plus, I think I had like one going into it. So 
it was just such a good feeling of having an awesome little random like encounter slash dungeon with all these really cool mini bosses, all this fun little puzzle activity, and the fact it rewards you with like a million skill points along with some treasure. You know, you got a couple like little uh, little customizations for your uh, blaster and for of course for your lightsaber. It was really cool. I can't wait to keep going in this game. I didn't follow, you know, past that spot I stopped. I just allocated the points and chilled. But right now I'm on a really cool part. I'm about to go to, I won't spoil anything, but I'm about to go to a certain area and have another huge encounter with one of the big, you know, main individuals. And uh, and I, I suspect once this encounter happens, I'm going to then meet another big, big individual that's going to, like, propel the story forward even more. I can't wait to get to it. Just saying... What a great game this is. It, it is leaps and bounds better than the first one, and the first one was really good. I've talked about it, obviously, before when I played it. Just can't wait to get into it. Uh, as I told Matt, I think, you know, about a few days ago, it's awesome to have some games right now that I'm like, I want to play. Like, I want to actually go play, whereas usually I force myself to play, and I enjoy it, but right now I'm just like, oh, my God, I want to go play, I want to go play, I want to go play. And I love that feeling. Can't wait to get to it. But other than that, that's been the week, Matt. What about you? Well, over the weekend, I went and saw Wicked at the Wharton Center, and it's one of those shows I've seen it a few times, but I don't know why this time I got like sucked in. And it doesn't happen a lot. Like I see a ton of shows and I enjoy them, and I, you know, I'm invested in the story and stuff. But I was sitting there watching, and, you know, there's a lot of scenes where it's it's one person on stage singing their heart out, or like two people, and that's it on the stage and their you know musical number and whatever. But I felt like I was sitting there and I could consciously feel like the crowd fall away. Everyone in front of me fell away, and I was just I was locked in. And it was great, because I was like, damn, this... Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, because, like I said, I've seen it a few times many years ago and all that, but I don't know, maybe it was just a combination of the performers, and the... I don't know. It was great. Had a ton of fun. Anytime Wicked comes to town, everybody should go see it, because if the end of the first act doesn't make you get goosebumps and make your hair stand on end, then I don't know what to tell you, but that's... Always great. It was great here this time, too. And it's a wonderful show. And that's all I did, which is weird because it feels like I haven't had much time for video games this whole week. Like, over the weekend, it feels like a super busy weekend, but I did one thing instead of a million things. So I don't know. But I did get some time in, reading Historia Perfect Chronology. Not much to say on that. I'm just slowly working through little 15-minute chunks here and there at work. Midnight Suns, again, I feel like I didn't have much time with. I've played a couple... I, like, I played like a two-hour session last night, but I feel like that's all I've played this week, which is strange and weird for me. Usually I play that every single night, and I just haven't because, I don't know, the time is just, whew, it's gone away somewhere. I didn't start up the Storm DLC yet. I have it downloaded. It's ready to go. What I did do, and I said I was going to do it last week, got back into Forspoken on Sunday. Two things about that. One, I had stopped right before a very... uh spider-man far from home segment that is very traversal and combat heavy and that game if you don't know it's a triggers game and i am a face buttons guy so having fallen out of the forespoken rhythm i got back into it and like after that segment which was half hour 45 minutes maybe an hour my forearms were killing me my wrists and hands were all carpal tunneled up it was brutal i went damn i'm a What's going on, man? How did I play this all the time for, for with no problems? And then the next session I got back into, there were no problems, no nothing. But I was also like two hours from the end of that game. 
after that first big segment. Two more hours, and it's over now. And I went, well, damn, if I had just prioritized this first instead of Like a Dragon, it would have been done, and I wouldn't have been constantly thinking about it. But a great game. Absolutely a phenomenal game. I had a ton of fun with it. I liked the way the story went. There's a twist. Obviously, there's always a twist in a story. It makes me want to go back and not restart the game, but re-watch those old cutscenes and see where, if there were any hints of this, you know, kind of dripping and dropping through. But it's also one of those games where now I can go through and do all the side quests, all the side things, find all the little shrines, all the fonts, all the do all the things, and I really do want to do that. In that meantime, though, before I decided whether or not to do that, I did start up Dark Souls Remastered, because that's one of my games on the list for this year, is play a Souls game. Got into it. It's really, really slow. So I'm kind of, I had like a two-hour session with it, you know, kind of getting back in the feel of it. And, you know, it's cool, but it feels it feels older than Elden Ring, obviously. I don't like it as much as I immediately like that one, but I'll get back in the rhythm of it. We'll see what happens. The other game that I did play a little bit of, one-hour session, I think, on a Tuesday night, maybe, was Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm in the intro area. There's not much to say, but I'm digging it so far. I'm just... I've seen some tweets about this from controversial figures, but I'm kind of surprised at how flat and like overexposed some of the lighting is. Maybe it's just the graphical style with like the rising dawn that you kind of come into the world at. I don't know. It just kind of like assaulted my senses. When I got back to like nighttime, evening time, it was, I don't know. I don't know. But I will say the intro to that game, I really loved. You're in caves with Zelda before the thing happens that you obviously, Eric, know about. Mm-hmm. That creepy vibe was just awesome i loved it it's like a 20 minute segment and i'm just like this is this is unique this is interesting i've never been creeped out by a zelda game before and granted i haven't played many for a long time but i was like that this is really well done i like this i hope this creepy factor comes back in some kind of a way but then the only other thing that i've played this week was saints row last night i said i can't not play the dlc for this and talk about it on the show so i downloaded it and i played it and i was anxious Because I'm kind of a paranoid person, and I have second thoughts about things. And when Ryan Peterson pops up in the Discord and says, Hey, I love your enthusiasm for Saints Row. I was holding on, I'm playing it, but, you know, you make it sound so much fun, and now there have been a bunch of fixes, maybe I'm going to jump back into it. And I go, Oh, man, I hope he likes it. I hope I'm not just, like, a crazy person. Maybe I'm going to jump back into Saints Row and not have as much fun as I did. And I know you, Eric, think, oh, he put Saints Row as his game of the year. He's just being a contrarian idiot. He's just putting garbage games up there just to say lol lols. So with all these doubts in mind, I downloaded it. I didn't even, like, because you have to download the season pass, and then after that you have to download the DLC. It's one of those things. Mm. But I had downloaded the season pass, but not the piece. And I got back in, and I was like, I'm going to go towards the area. And as soon as I got in that car and that retrowave station hit and I was driving around through the streets, I was back. And then I got to that area and there's a bunch of activities to do. As soon as I got those guns out and was shooting and dodging and running and jumping and doing takedowns and executions, there were no doubts. There were no doubts. It felt so good to get back into that game. And granted, like I said before, the DLC, it's only three story missions. They're not super long. But they are fun. 
but just that combat, driving through that world and shooting baddies and just rolling and ducking and dodging and hanging out with the crew and going through this big area and doing, oh man, it was just perfect. And then there's a big area with a bunch of Easter eggs and secrets for the Saints Row games from the past. I was in it. Doubts are gone. That game is still phenomenal. After seven months away, however many months away it's been since I've played it last, perfect. Absolutely love it. What a fantastic game. What a fantastic week. Look at all these great things I did this week. It was awesome. Now, say, before I move on to my game of the week, Matt, you got to remember, you're going back to Forspoken. And Tauntless We Trust, or whatever the hell that DLC's name is, I believe is out. What? Yeah. This this is news to me. So Again, like all these other you DLCs. You got a DLC, what? man. You got a DLC you got to go play now. I don't I'm know excited. what it entails, I, but it's, it exists. It's there. It's real. You should probably check it out after the show because uh, I think you got a little more you're going to be doing in that game. I am excited. I am thrilled that that's going to happen. <laughs> right as I'm ready to get some more chunks, more chunks are handed to more me. More chunks oh, are awesome. given to you. Indeed. Now, you want to talk about chunks, Matt. I got a game that's got chunks in it, all right? It's called Outlast Trials. If you don't remember, I talked about this game a long time ago. I said, Matt, when this game comes out, you know, I'll stream it. You'll come in with me, and me and you will play this game, you know, on stream and, and, and try to beat it. Because we, you know, I enjoy the horror games, but I, I'm not a chicken or nothing. But, you know, sometimes these games are a little super intense, and it's like, man, I can only play them like 15, 20 minute chunks. But with a buddy, I bet I could go ahead and just do a full session. Oh, yeah. And then a couple full sessions and beat the game and actually get through it, no problem. And I know, I think you're in the same boat. You know, you're not like scared of horror games, but, you know, you're not the big, big jam on them. It's not, like, scary, but it's just tense. Yeah. I don't like being tense for, like, two hours. Exactly. And if you don't know, that's what this is. Outlast Trials isn't part three of Outlast. It is actually a prequel to the first two. It takes place during, like, the Cold War, you know, the, uh, during all the, the Murdoch or whatever, their, their experiments during the Cold War. And you get to inhabit one of four different characters because, yes, like I already told you, it's a multiplayer game. You can complete it fully solo, though, no problem, if that's what you want to do. But each character has like a unique ability as well. So like one can like uh, place mines, one can throw an item that like stuns, one can look through walls, and uh, there's another that can do something else. But either way, you'll have these different abilities. So you pick which one you want, and of course, classic to all of these, you get MVGs. But you got to find batteries, which are scarce, so you can look through them. So you want to save those, you know, the MVGs for when you absolutely need to see what the heck is going on. And in this one, it's kind of unique because in the others, you're 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 you got a main mission, but it's kind of like open. You can go ahead and accomplish it however you want, explore, find things, do stuff. This one, you actually are given different like side quests slash missions. So you'll go into like a room and it'll say, Hey, look, here's what's going on in this area. Uh, this dude's doing this or this gal's doing that. We need to, you know, you need to stop them. And it's of course very dark, very twisted, very demented, as you can imagine with Outlast. But you'll get that, and off you go. And there's no combat. You're not fighting nothing in this game. You are evading and stealthing the whole way through, you know, trying to stay away from all the creatures and, and residents of this place as you go on to, you know, fulfill whatever mission it is that you're set upon doing. And you can do this, like I said, solo or with your pals, one pal, two pals, three pals, doesn't matter. And this excites me. You know, I, I, like I said, I've played Outlast, but it's so tense. I, I can only do like small snippets and I never finish because I always end up getting drawn away to some other, you know, normal game that I typically play. So this came out May 18th, 
early release for the PC. And here's where I'm excited but sad. Early release PC. It's out. We didn't want to play on the PC. We wanted to play it on PS5. There's supposed to be a console release, but they're not talking about it, when it's going to be or whatever. This sometimes sucks because in the PC world, sometimes when they say stuff like that, you're talking like nine months, a year down the road before you get the console release. So it's it's with a bitter bitter heart that I announce this game's out to everybody, and I'm excited to hopefully play it with Matt someday. But today's not the day because it's only for PC right now. And whilst we both have PCs that will run it and play it, I'm sure I want trophies. I want you know I want the stuff that I get from playing with my typical PlayStation Five stuff. So I'm a console gamer. I'm a face buttons guy. I said it earlier. I don't want to be keyboard and mouse guy. ASDF and I don't like. Oh, look down from a one two three. Also, I use a small keyboard. I don't use like a normal keyboard. It's, mm-hmm. it's a tiny little Bluetooth or one. So we're thinking about. It, I'm like, yeah, we could play that. We could play that on PC. But with abilities and and, and strange things to lay down. Uh, well, I could. I can use my PS4 controller that's hooked up to my PC. Oh, but since it's the PC port, who knows if the controller support's going to be good. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Put it out on PS5 already. Exactly. Put it out next week as a surprise. Yeah, I'm really disappointed they didn't at least announce when the console release was going to be. And hell, like I said, it's even early access for PC. It's not even the official release. But once again, with PC, it's always strange with this stuff. You never know when the actual release will be there. So sometimes like just I'll slip it into being released. So I wanted to just get it out there now because who knows when I'll see it next and it pops up next. I am interested. I hope we do get a chance to play this one. I think it'd be a great time for us to play some stealthy, super morbid, weird, tense action game together and, and have a good time completing these missions while trying not to die. But for now, we got to wait and uh, hope that the reviews come out positive for this because I really haven't seen many, to be honest with you, as of this point. But I hope they're great, and I hope this game's awesome. If you're interested, take a peek, because I surely am. Now, you set me up with some segues there, but then you went too far. So I'm going to say, hey, you want a spook game? We're going to try and do stuff without dying. It's finally time for me to talk about Dredge. And I can't believe that I haven't talked about it on the show yet, because I've seen reviews of this game, gameplay of this game, and it's been itching in the back of my brain going, hey, man, you need to get this. And you need to play it. And I go, oh, I'll talk about it in the releases this week. But then there's always been something else that I want to talk about. So it's finally time for Dredge because I looked on the other releases and there was nothing. And correct me if I'm wrong, man. Have I talked about this before? I don't think I have. No, you haven't mentioned Dredge. I kept thinking about mentioning it myself okay, okay. because it looks like a game I want to play if I can get it on sale. Absolutely. So this is a game where you are... You're a fisherman. Your boat crashes in the middle of this big storm, like a foggy storm. You crash in the area of Little Marrow, and the mayor says, hey, I will give you a new boat. You just got to pay me back. You know, I'll take some cuts of all your fishing stuff you do. And you go, all right, cool. And so it starts out just like a fishing game. You go out on your boat, and you find little disturbances in the water, and you put your hook down, and you do a little fish-catching minigame. It's kind of like uh, Shadow Hearts, if anybody remembers that. Like, hit the little areas on the ring as the thing goes around, and you get your fish. But setting aside anything else, when I saw the fishing, I went, okay, that's cute. But then it went, hey, you caught a grouper, a crappie, or whatever. And then it cut over to the side of the screen where your boat is all aligned and like your engine is here and your your fishing equipment's here and this and that and you have to fit your catch in like the cargo area of your boat resident evil 4 attache case style and i went oh my god that's wonderful and something in my brain ticked and i went yes i'm gonna catch all the weird shaped fish and get them all hooking it in there and twist it all around something about that totally appealed to me 
But then it gets dark out because time passes while you're sailing around and while you're catching fish. And then this little eyeball meter comes on the screen and it's a sanity system where you stay out too long. The longer you stay out, the more crazy you start going, the more weird visions you start seeing out on the ocean. Is stuff out there? Is it real? Is it not? And it's, it reminds me so much of Sunless Sea, the Fallen London type game, where you're out and you're running into like these Cthulhu horrors and having all these weird experiences out on the sea. And you're doing that here in this fishing game. And of course, you can take your catch you know, back to the town and sell it and make a profit. And there's upgrade trees for your fishing equipment, your boat, all this other stuff. And then there's a whole storyline with all the villagers and everything going on there. There's a bunch of side quests. And it's not super serious. You can go through it at your own pace, but what I've heard is the writing's really interesting. The characters are really cool. The stuff you're doing gets really interesting and dark. And as you're exploring out more and more and upgrading your ship so you can stand the horrors as you're going out deeper and deeper out into the world and finding new islands where there's even more crazy stuff going on. It sounds like everything I love in games. You've got some routine stuff you do. Every day you're going to go out and you're going to catch some fish and you're going to organize it here. But, you know, if you stay out a little further, if you go past that rocky ridge over there, you're going to find some weird stuff. Oh, okay. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to build up and find what's what's the weirder stuff, even further out, even further out, and find all the hallucination stuff. I've seen a couple of them. Boats out of the darkness just come screaming in, and then they fade away right before they hit you, or you're hitting rocks that totally weren't there like a second ago. Boom. You turn around to go back home, and all these rocks are in your way. It looks like a ton of fun. And obviously, I've seen some Kraken-type stuff, weird tentacle creatures, weird things from the deep. Everything about this game appeals to me. I can't wait to play it at some point, but just like Eric said, there's so many games right now. But it's it's been itching and scratching in the back of my head, just like a good Cthulhu Lovecraftian type of a creature. Every week I want to talk about this game. I finally get to talk about it. Maybe this is finally going to spur me to buy it on Steam and then play it on my Steam Deck, because it's verified on Steam Deck. If you got a Steam Deck, you can play it anywhere on the go and have a great time. I'm going to have to do it. Maybe this will be right after Midnight Suns, and I'll push the other thing that was supposed to be right after Midnight Suns way off so I can play some dredge. If you're into Cthulhu, Lovecraft, creepy stuff, if you're into just fitting fish in a Tetris thing, oh boy, get dredge. It's awesome. This is a title I am interested in as well, so definitely take a peek at it. It's the same as Matt. I got so many other things I got to do, but every time I think about it, I'm like, man, maybe I should just pop it, you know, go buy it, and at least it's there, ready to go when I get that spare moment. Instead of having to then, of course, argue about buying it and all that good stuff. It looks awesome. You picked a good one. It's one I was going to cover, but other stuff kept getting in the way. You finally did it. So there we go. It's out there, everybody. And before we pop into the, you know, the fun conjecture, I want to give a little bit of the bad news. You know, we'll, we'll start with that and then, of course, end with the fun conjecture stuff. And that's everybody. Listen, Blizzard came out and they went, hey. Overwatch 2, you know that game that we released, and we said we are going to have a big PvE portion of this game, PvP portion. Well, we've given up on the PvE portion, but we'll we'll try to incorporate it in the holidays and such as we used to do. If you remember all that, we'll, we'll try to put it in there and make it a thing. And it really bummed me out. I really was hoping to see the uh, Overwatch 2's take on PvE, because, of course, as you know, me and Matt used to play the hell out of Battleborn, which had a PvE an entire PvE thing going on, which the operations, the main, you know, the main quest, the whole nine, a load of fun, so many nights of just beers and good times, and I was really hoping that this was going to be the same thing with Overwatch. Unfortunately, 
they said they couldn't pull it off. They couldn't figure it out. They were just dumping so much time and assets into this thing, and it wasn't adding up into something they could put together and give to the audience. And so they decided to just abandon it and focus on, you know, Overwatch 2 Live and try to give everybody what they want from the PvP portion of the game while putting in some of the fun things they did and learned from trying to make the PvE portion into uh, the, the events that they host throughout the year. I'm just not, I'm not happy about it, Matt. What about you? First, I will say, just to be positive, it is a shame. Because just like you, I was interested in this. Mm-hmm. This is what would keep me still playing Overwatch 2 a little bit. If there was a hope of this. Because when they revealed, I think it was maybe Tracer's skill tree, and she had three different lanes you could go down. And each one, because I'm a skill tree guy, I know you probably did the same thing, go and analyze every single thing. Oh, this changes up the way she plays in three different really cool ways. That's what I was excited about. Playing these heroes, you know, playing Moira, who I love. How many different ways could you build a Moira? What kind, what, how could you make her ultimate different? How could you change the way that she plays? And now it's gone. The bitter part of me also agrees with all the Battleborn people out there who are laughing their heads off. I know one of our friends, Generic Tag, on Twitter was saying, ha ha ha, this show's Battleborn should have won all along, which I agree with anyway. But the cynical part of my brain says... You know, you said, oh, we just we're putting so many assets into it and putting so much into it that uh, we, we just can't do that anymore. And I say interesting if true, because if you're putting all this stuff into the PvE portion and you're taking so much development time away from the PvP portion, then the segments that you put in the holiday events had better be really goddamn good. Like as I was reading this big GameSpot article all about it, I just kept thinking if they deliver and their PvE little segments in the holidays are really good, then that will show that, yes, this is true. But the cynical part of my brain says, absolutely no, it is not true. The cynical part of me says, you didn't put any of this effort in. You didn't build anything. You just went, ah, someday we'll work on it. Someday we'll work on it. Oh, somebody told us not to do it. Okay. Well, let's, let's say, oh, we're going we're gonna to bring it back in bits and pieces here. Interesting if true. Because I've played their one PvE event so far, the one that I know of anyway. And granted, it's been seven months. I talked to Eric about this off-air. You know, I played their Halloween one. And granted, it was better than Overwatch 1's Halloween event. Because you didn't just stand in one area and shoot stuff. But every time a boss came in, guess what you did? You just shot a million rounds at this boss. The boss fight never changed. Mm-hmm. You just had a long ass health bar, and you went pop, 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 pop. Oh, it went invisible. Okay, shoot some ads, I guess. Pop, 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 pop. Hey, the boss is out. Pop, 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 pop. There was nothing. There was no evolving your character. There was no fun pulling the strings in that PVE experience. So I'm, I'm sad. I am sad about it, but I'm also bitter. Because if they make these chunks that they're supposed to do really, really good, then okay. But I just don't buy it. Part of me, just I just don't buy it. And I feel bad saying that on a podcast because I am usually try to be positive and supportive of the devs. But I don't believe it for a second. There's no way you put all this time into it. You didn't. I also have to say I'm going to be pessimistic. I don't believe it either. Uh, I think what had happened is they left a couple idea people in a little group together and said, hey, you know, see what you can put together. And these idea people, they they did put together all sorts of stuff, but in no logistical way, nothing that's meaningful. It was just a ton of really cool ideas, a lot of, here, take this, what's this going to do? What's this mean? What's And then when they got back to it, they realized what state Overwatch was in, which 
right now, as far as I can see, isn't the best state. You know, the tournaments, everything like that, a lot of the uh, sponsorships, you know, there's a lot of fluctuation going on in that and how this is all going to pan out for Overwatch in the long run. And then I think when they went, well, look at what's happening right now in the PvP portion, which is the most important area that, that exists for Overwatch. Hey, idea people, what have you got for this PvE? Oh, there's a million things, you know. We don't we don't know, though. Look at all this cool stuff. And they went, we've let these individuals just go. They've, they've just come up with a million things, but nothing, nothing solid, nothing concrete, nothing that can be put together cohesively. Uh, you know what? We don't have time to deal with this. Let's just get back on focusing on trying to make this PvP portion substantial, meaningful, and important so we can get uh, you know the sponsorships going again. We can get the money flowing back into Overwatch, which I know is a whole side tangent, but with the battles past season, I think they completely ruined it. It's just it's annoying to me. And that's what I wanted to jump in on and say, even if they did have stuff built, that pessimistic part of me says, well, they didn't find a way for it to be a live service, constantly marketable, constantly buying stuff for the PVE section. We can do that with PVP, though. So just shut down the PVE and people will just have to do the PVP. But you, Eric, know, you, the listener, know, I haven't bought a single battle pass for Overwatch 2. Granted, I fell off a while ago, but I didn't buy the first one. I didn't buy the second one. Even if I was still playing, I wouldn't put money into any of them. But if you drop the PvE section for 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, depending on how big it was, I would definitely pay money for that. But as it is now, Overwatch 2 gets $0 from me. If you had put a big chunk of PvE content out, you would get money from me. Absolutely you would. Unless I had heard it was completely broken and, you know, it was, mm. it was a one-hour campaign for 40 bucks or something. But it wouldn't have been if, indeed, they put all this effort into it. So I have this feeling like, oh, well, PvP is so live service. We're just, we're just going to do that. We're just going to do that. That's that pessimistic side of me again. But you'll never get sales from me from that. You would definitely have gotten money from me for the PvE, though. I'm in the same boat. I would have bought the PvE portion to play. They did get me the first Battle Pass season because uh, I just wanted to get in there. I wanted to see, you know, what it was all about. But as we played, we just realized it, it was just more Overwatch, you know, original. It didn't it didn't feel fresh. It didn't really feel new and cool and extreme to any degree that made me feel like, yeah, I need to keep buying these battle passes every single season or whatever it is. Again, it's a whole other discussion about the monetization of it. But I feel like if the battle pass, like each level, if you bought the battle pass and you could get a loot box, I probably would have done it. But every battle pass level was... One specific thing, usually for a character I don't play at all. So, like I said, the monetization thing is a whole other topic. Yeah. But you went from something I really loved, and we played it for years. Just, hey, what do you want to play? Let's play some Overwatch and have a great time and roll some stuff and get open up loot boxes and have a great time. Free loot boxes that you earn by playing, not by cashing in money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's change it to, uh, you get very specific things. Well, I don't want any of that stuff. Okay, that's that's done. There's that yeah. my bit of that conversation. So in a nutshell, everybody, say farewell to Overwatch 2's PvE section, except for bits and pieces that they're going to try to put into the seasonal content. If you still love Overwatch, well, you know, it's a plus, I guess, that your seasonal stuff might get bolstered with some really cool PvE content. That remains to be seen. If you're like us, you can go ahead and put Overwatch to rest, let it go into the pasture, and move on to other games for now. Like Diablo 4, of course, coming up, by golly. That's going to be great. Hopefully, in theory, cross your fingers. And if you don't like those types of games, well, then bye-bye, Blizzard. Like Street Fighter 6. Just play some there Street Fighter. Get in some, oh if gosh. you want some competitive action, oh boy, Street Fighter 6, hee-haw. 
hey, I ain't, I ain't saying no to that, but I can't. I just I don't have I don't have the mentality <laughs> for it. And the last little bit we wanted to talk about today, everybody, was this. The PlayStation Showcase has been officially announced, not just conjectured and talked about as we talked about last time, but it's here. It's happening. It's coming up. This coming up Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're not right, Eric. Uh-oh. It's coming up on Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. I got it wrong. Why do I keep saying Thursday? It's the 24th. They're, they're, they're not Gearbox. It's Sony. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless I'm wrong, but I swear in my brain it says the 24th, not the 25th. Matt is right. It is May 24th, so it's Wednesday, which is even better because now we don't have to rush straight from watching this to having the show. We get to actually watch it the day before. My bad. I, I don't know why I had Thursday in my head, but it is Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That part still stands. And, of course, right now is what they're going to talk about. It's still a mystery. They just said they're going to have a little over an hour worth of awesome new IP, uh, existing IP, all sorts of good stuff to showcase what the heck PlayStation's up to. And Matt was like, well, I don't want to do, like, crazy conjecture, you know, and just go wild. So I said, you know what? I got you. So I follow this individual named Rhino Reno. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. However, he's he's kind of like one of those go-to guys for like compiling information and just like putting it out on the Twitterverse. And I appreciate what he does. It's not he's not saying he's 100% accurate and this list he put together is just from rumor speculation stuff that's been kind of talked about in all the different podcast forums, YouTubers, streamers, etc. So with this list, Matt, let me tell you some of the possibilities that have a higher, you know, rate of maybe being there than obviously just talking out of our butts about what we dream about and want. Spider-Man 2, Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, Stellar Blade, Silent Hill 2, The Last of Us multiplayer, Rise of the Ronin, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, Death Stranding 2, Lost Soul Aside, Wolverine, Pragmata, Final Fantasy 16, Silent Hill the Short Message, Dragon's Dogma 2, Resident Evil 9, Castlevania, Twisted Metal, Ghost of Tsushima 2, and the last, but not least, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. Now, some of these, of course, are real. We already know. Like the one you just went, oh my god, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. We already know it exists. We already know it's being done. So this one is a pretty good shoe-in for getting another trailer, another little woo-hoo, you know, a little, little reboot to get everybody excited once again for it. I mean, it is and it's not, because we do know it was in the works, but then we know it got scrapped and thrown to a different team. So so if we see something, yeah, exactly. I threw my head back because I went, oh, that would be so great. And then the bitter part of me rose up and said, the most you're going to get is the same kind of reveal trailer we got before, where it's like black screen and a voiceover, and then it's revving for a second, and then whoosh, slam. Mm -hmm. Now under development, now under new management. I would be super hyped for it, though. That's one remake, remaster, re-whatever. I will 100% be in on... From day one, no matter what, Knights of the Republic is the best Bioware there's ever been. I said that last time when it was revealed. Mm -hmm. I said that when it was canceled and then reshuffed off to a new studio. I would love to see that. But another one that has been creeping up that was in all of my Twitter stuff that you just said, Death Stranding 2. I keep forgetting about that. Like we saw the reveal trailer and I went, oh my God, I want to see more about that world. What is going to happen now? You saved the world. What's going forward? What's what could that game be? I think that one has a good chance, and I'll I'll do a little chunker real quick. Konami supposedly has been in talks with PlayStation to like really lock exclusivity to PlayStation, and so that's been going around everywhere. So I'm starting to really suspect that that might be legitimate, and if that's the case, 
A Silent Hill 2, that's that's a lock-in. That's a lock-in regardless. Just because it is on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Bloober Team has already said that it's pretty much finished. I think we're for sure going to see an actual gameplay of Silent Hill 2. But Silent Hill, the short message, I think that's a pretty good chance of showing up because that's kind of like a, a minor Silent Hill adventure. It's not the, the next mainline story, which I think will come another day. But I think this would be a good one to pop in. And then, of course, you heard Castlevania. And this is the most out there one. But it's the most, I think, logical one that would come of, of something Konami wants to push right now. I think it would be a Castlevania, especially with the success of the Netflix series Castlevania. I think right now would be a great time to see that come back in the limelight, whether it be like a traditional Castlevania or the Lords of the Shadow type Castlevania remains to be seen. But I do feel like there's a shot at that one. But I do think the Silent Hills are kind of a shoe in If you ask me, maybe I'm completely wrong. But that sounds like it's legit. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Castlevania would be really awesome no matter which way it is. I haven't played a Castlevania in a long time, and I was kind of sour on it when we talked about it last time, but if they show off Metal Gear Solid 3 Remake and it looks amazing, I will probably cry tears seeing the boss again, seeing Snake, seeing Eva, seeing Volgan, as awesome as they could possibly be. But here's something I was thinking about. You know, over the past week, during free time, making dinner or whatever, I've been putting on old angry video game nerd episodes just for fun, just to have something in the background. You know, it's kind of a chunk of video game history and YouTube history. And I got to one where he was talking about a series that he loved as a kid. And he went, hey, this series brought to us by Konami. And I went, man, wouldn't it be sweet? Wouldn't it be awesome if they made a proper Contra game and showed that off? And I went, that's a series that I always forget about. There's a Konami series. I never think about it when I think of them, though. And you could go fully old school. You could go like the Messenger style. You could go old school, fat, chunky pixels. I don't know. But it just got me thinking. If Konami's doing a bunch of stuff, why don't they bring back an easy and fun series? Maybe just have a big collection. Just boom, the Contra collection. Slam jam. There you go. I don't know. It just popped into my head when I was watching that episode. I went, damn. I haven't played a good country in a while. I know the latest one got poo-pooed by a bunch of people, but the one before that, it was a hardcore spinoff. Everybody loved. And I would say everybody loved Contra 4 on the DS. Maybe it's time for Contra 5. A surprise. Shooting a spread gun in your face. Wham, 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 wham. Some Contra goodness. Running and gunning and shooting robots and stuff. Who wouldn't love that? Come on. I would love that, but I think you're right in the sense that if they even showed anything on Contra, which I think is a long shot but not impossible would be just a uh, remaster of all of the classics yeah. and then pop it onto one one thing. Just like Final Fantasy recent well, they sort of recently did with all the Final Fantasies. You can buy it as one or buy them individually, but you know, you can do much the same with the Contra series. Mm -hmm. I think that would be pretty cool in an easy sell. But one I think's a, a shoe in here, Stellar Blade, Matt. I think we're gonna get more gameplay on this, a solid release date, the whole nine yards. I think that's coming. Uh, it's been a while, We and from what I heard, there was some trouble, there were some issues with development, some little hiccups here and there, but I feel like uh, it's time. I feel like we're going to see, hey, it's coming this this quarter, this date, da-da-da-da-da. Regardless of whether it's this year or not, I don't know, but I think they're going to try to give you something solid on Stellar Blade because this is the type of game, if you don't keep people's minds on it, I feel like this is going to slip right by and disappear. And since PlayStation's, you know, using this as an exclusive and everything else, I don't think they want that to happen. So I feel like every chance they get with these big, you know, showcases slash state of plays, they got to get this game in there. So I think we're going to see Stellar Blade. I 100% agree with that. And we've been hyped for it 
all the other reveals and talks about it we've seen. I'd love to see more. Another one that I do think is a shoe-in is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, just because you said it with Stellar Blade. It's about time. Well, we talked about it. It, it was revealed. You had like little snippets. You had like the little trailer. It's time to see some of it. Maybe if it's just a trailer, but if it's gameplay or whatever, at the end of it, this is where you tease the big change that everybody assumes is going to happen. You and I assume you got to do something. You got to do it here. This mm-hmm. is the installment of Final Fantasy VII where the big thing happens. This is where you have to tease something changing. Or maybe not changing. You know, ne- don't give it up. Just show the moment coming and then everyone goes, ah, and that's it. Or you tease that moment earlier, but you have something that happens beforehand. That changed. Mm-hmm. You don't get the Bronco here, but this happens. Uh, Palmer doesn't get hit by a truck. He dodges it, but then you know falls down the cliff or something. So something changes, and you have the you have the the tease of change of happening in happen. this one. You don't have to be so overt with it, but you can have like, oh, here's a thing that we all know. This is a hilarious scene. Oh, it's different. What about this next scene? Oh, that's different too. Ooh, 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 and get everybody just drooling and chomping at the bit for it. I, I agree that this one's probably going to show up because of, we're going to get the last big trailer for FF16, which is the release is imminent for. We're going to be playing this sucker in mere weeks, folks. So they're going to show you another big, 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 really bodacious trailer. And then I think to tie it in, to keep your appetite for Final Fantasy there, you're going to get a snippet from Final Fantasy Rebirth just so you know, oh yeah, I'm about to eat good right now. But I'm also going to eat good nine months, a year from now, whatever it ends up being. Because I feel like it's a 2024 you know, game, but I don't know when. So just whatever it ends up being, we're going to get that snippet. And then, of course, my last big one, Matt. The one I know we're going to see for sure. That's just just has to be talked about. And I'm looking at these titles, Matt. And there's a couple I think might come. But this one I feel is for sure going to be on the list. And that's Wolverine. And this one's being debated everywhere, but I'm going to go ahead and stand and say I think Wolverine's going to be shown because Spider-Man 2 is imminent. It's another game that's coming this year. Everyone's stoked for it. Everyone's just chomping at the bits. You know, I've said before, it's not my jam, but everybody else loves this title. So I think they're going to take that inertia, that momentum, and much like with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and, of course, you know, the FF16 movement they're going to do the same exact thing with spider-man 2 they're going to give you the big snippet you want the whole kitten corral showing you all sorts of miles morales play with spider-man himself how that's going to go and then they're going to give you a nice big extended teaser of wolverine instead of just the entrance of the guy wolverine popping out his his blades and then cutting off i think we're going to get a much more extensive teaser that's in that same similar vein after we talk about Spider-Man 2, of course. I agree with pretty much all of that. And I am excited to see some of Spider-Man 2 because I totally missed the first one. I don't know how. Like, I remember seeing trailers of it and stuff. But it just, whew, off into the ether. Obviously, I loved Miles Morales. I, I platinumed it. That was my first game for the PS5. So I'm excited to see more of the next proper installment of it. You know what I'm saying. And then... I agree. Everybody knows they're working on Wolverine, so you got to show something. You don't want to overawe the Spider-Man stuff, but I don't see there being gameplay unless he's in Spider-Man 2 somehow. Mm. So what do you guys think out there? We've we've put together a pretty decent list of games that are going to be shown at this PlayStation Showcase. Not to mention, another week or so later, you got Game Fest coming up. There's all sorts of stuff happening, folks. we got games from every corner of your ears, eyes, and all the orifices coming at you. 
and Twitter put it into my brain, so I'm going to put it into everyone else's brain. Everybody keeps talking about Ghost of Tsushima 2. Yes, give that to me. I'm manifesting it right now. Put it out there. Just a teaser. Just a just a sword implanted in the ground with a frog bandana dangling off of it, blowing in the wind, and saying Ghost of Tsushima 2 in development right now. Give me that. Everyone else on Twitter said it's going to happen, so I'm going to say it's going to happen. But as Eric said... What about you out there in podcast listener land? What are you looking forward to? What do you think is definitely going to be there? What's definitely not going to be there? Give us any of that stuff or any kind of questions, comments, concerns, any kind of feedback at all to the email, thirdshiftmegmail.com. On the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord. Hang out with us and Steve and Ryan and have a great time in there. Get up the Patreon, do the Twitch, everything. Find us. You know you want to. Indeed, you can find us in all those places. We encourage you to do so. We also... Encourage you to head over to Patreon if you got a few bucks and you love what we're doing and want to give us a hand, keeping the bills paid, lights on, all that good jamba jamba. It's over there for you. It's a tip jar, one dollar, one dollar, two dollars, three dollars, any kind of dollars helps us out immensely. But you know what? Don't feel bad if you can't do that. You can support us by watching the show, by following through with some mailbag questions, by letting us know what's going on in your gaming life. Or going over to Twitch, throwing us the Prime subscription. There's so many ways you can help us help you, and we appreciate you every time you have in the past, future, or present done any of those said things. Oh, and I forgot the uh, the Mortal Kombat 1 trailer also dropped today. Hey, Howard, go check that out and just squee in delight at the disgusting things that happen. But you can also squee in delight when the next episode drops, May 25th, the day after the PlayStation Showcase on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. We really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We really, really, really appreciate it. And we appreciate those five-star reviews on Spotify or the Owl iTunes. Consider heading over there and giving us some of those because it helps the show out. I can't tell you enough. It's so freaking easy, and it would make our lives much, much more easier because everybody would see the show that hasn't as of yet, and it would be wonderful. Oh, and hey, I got to jump in here and say, I got an email from Patreon like a week ago saying, hey, we're going to abolish goals. There's not going to be goals anymore. Well, there is still a goal. If you give us a million dollars, we're going to open that food line. There's going to be babies in jars. There's going to be all kinds of other stuff. There's going to be hidden cameras. It's going to be a surprise every single day. So no matter what Patreon says. It's a verbal agreement. It's definitely going to happen. But until that time when we are running a food line, there's nothing else to say but. Sit down.